Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani, and I wanted to let you know that each and every week I'm part of a great program called the Ringer MMA Show. I host it alongside two absolutely brilliant minds. Their names, Chuck Mendenhall and Pete Carroll. And every Thursday, a new episode drops where we preview the weekend in mixed martial arts and react to all the biggest news. Plus, after every UFC pay-per-view, we give you a post-fight show. So this is what you have to do. Just follow the Ringer MMA show on your Spotify app so you don't miss an episode. We'll talk to you then. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Cold open question of the week with special guest, King of the Deathmatch, Phil Schneider. How you doing, Phil? Doing great. Happy to be here. Here's my question for you. If you were a pro wrestling promoter, which match would you be less likely to sanction? The Texas death match between uh, Swerve Strickland and Hangman Adam Page, or a world championship match with a one-legged man defending a title that's not his? <laughs> I think probably the second one, although it depends on where I am, because it feels like that first one will get you lots of fines in lots of states. So, you know, like the one-footed guy, I put that guy out there. I'm a wrestling promoter. I don't care about people's lives. But I do care about, like, not getting a giant fine. So it depends. Are we doing it in Maryland? If it's, we're doing it in Maryland, I'll send the one-legged guy out there and be fine with it. <laughs> okay, that's good enough. We have, You're on the show to talk about the death match. We're going to talk about it. There is a lot of amazing, bloody conversation to be had. So let's just start the show. Very exciting. And Kaz will be here soon. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WB superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the. And you're listening you're to. Listening to and you are listening to. And listening you're listening to. You're listening to. You are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show. Well, with Kaz, this is the title. Kaz is uh, running late, but he'll be here just momentarily. But. In the meantime, I have the amazing, uh, the excellence of execution, Phil Schneider here to talk about uh, the, the the match between 
I mean, the highlight of the weekend, or, I mean, you have, you have to couch these things. It's a highlight, uh, you know, sort of the low light in terms of potential risk of human life, but uh, just the, an amazing match between Adam Page and Swerve uh, at AEW Full Gear, which was on Saturday. We can talk about the whole card, obviously. I mean, we, we get that. We got Survivor Series coming up later this week. Um, a lot to discuss. But since you were the author of one of my favorite pro wrestling books, The Way of the Blade, and the forthcoming Way of the Blade Volume 2. So it's actually titled A.E. Way of the Blade. Uh, right. Uh, is the technical title of the, the upcoming book where I it's very similar to the first book, writing and art, but I also did interviews uh, with Moxley and Kingston and Brian Danielson and MJF and Tony Khan and all about the blood in AEW. And then... We I hit send on my manuscript, ready to send it out to the publisher, and then they do what they Ooh. did last night and sit there going, "Come on, guys!" Now they gave you too much access, and now they're just like, "We got to get the, we got to own this back somehow." Yeah, we got to exactly. claw back some of these rights. Um, so listen, I'm a big fan of Page. I'm an enormous fan of Swerve. Um, the story they were telling certainly warranted a death match. Although I guess, you know, in the context of pro wrestling, there've been a lot of home invasions, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of lines crossed. So it's not a necessary, a necessary uh, ending, but it made some sense. And, and uh, when I heard about it, obviously knowing, well, you know, you know, you, you know what, what Hangman's track record is, but especially, you know, what, what Swerve's, you know, uh, body of work and these sorts of things means. Um, it was the you know, of war match in Lucha Underground. Was that what it was called against uh, AR Fox? Insane. Yeah. And, and neither of them wrestling under the real, na real names. If you have to go Google that, you might have to just do a second step. I was present for that one. I was oh. Literal, oh, wow. literally, a, literally adjacent to the multiple plate glass spot multiple plate well, it's not even a window if it's not attached to a, the side of a house but it multiple pieces of plate glass spot um that was that one was a shocking one that one was that that was a weird one because you just sort of you know there's a lot that could go wrong and i think that looking i'm gonna just clear out for you but the thing about these death matches to me they're most evocative well just like everything else in pro wrestling when it gets real, real, right? When you when you can't quite wrap your mind around the the how this fits squarely into the form that you're used to watching, and there are moments where it's, it's just just like there's no way that this isn't just a, a terrifically dangerous, problematic thing to do. The plate glass window spot was one of these, but the moment that sticks out to me, and the moment that you keep I keep seeing around Twitter and stuff from the Swerve Hangman match was when he hit him with the, the, when Swerve hit Hangman with the barbed wire chair and it got stuck on Hangman's face, oh, which wasn't, so gross. The, wasn't the spot, but it's that moment where you're just like, oh, this is a match full of terrible, terrible abuses uh, to, to any human body, but that one wasn't planned. And that, so that makes it even scarier somehow. Anyway, what was, what was right, that, I mean, that the match for you? Probably that, or maybe the, the, cinder block spots which i thought oh. were really cool i mean the one the at uh the combo of like that the drop on the cinder block and then the pile driver right on the uh edge of the ring uh of the barrier mm -hmm. that was really really like oh my god they're really going for it yeah uh, it was good I mean, the, the pile driver is an interesting point because they, they did work in some like real wrestling right this wasn't just a spot fest this wasn't like a gimmick thing you know i mean they, they there was a lot of there were there were moves that didn't just involve 
blood or blades or you know illicit weapons but go on and and, and hangman the also i mean i think the image that's gonna the image that would be the art if when i put, eventually put this in a way of the blade book way of the blade three aw way of the blade two uh is probably going to be hangman lying underneath swerve sicklin and drinking his blood which that's oh. real gross i mean i've seen i've seen one of my all-time the all-time greats uh brawlers ever parada morgan had a sort of a signature spot where he would bite somebody and then Muda miss their blood. But I don't mm-hmm. know if I've ever really seen the full, you know, chocolate, uh, the bu- Vegas buffet chocolate fountain of blood into your mouth spot. Uh, that was that was something that was like, oh, that's 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 real sicko shit, man. I really appreciate. Who do you that. think? Who- who do you think suggested that when they were going to the match? Do you think that is that ha- does that have to be Hangman suggesting that, or, or or do you think Swerve is the one that came up with that spot? Is Jimmy Jacobs is backstage? Yes, uh, that is producing. correct. And Jimmy Jacobs is is uh, for people that don't remember his runs in the Indies, you know, twenty years ago, was a true gore fest sick freak so that yeah. feels like maybe a jimmy jacobs idea is gonna be my is gonna be my off the uh reservation guess because i don't know maybe it was hangman's idea i mean he's it's got to be at least partially his idea right would you suggest to somebody else that you they drink a you know a shot glass full of another human being's blood it feels like that has to be your suggestion right nobody would i like the jimmy say, jacobs hey, you idea. that's what i would assume but but i like the idea of jimmy jacobs just like tossing that out and just being like hey what about this you know and then yeah and <laughs> you, was, you uh, run that by the boss i mean you talk to tony <laughs> khan a lot do you i mean it, presu- presumably he'd kind of be down for that as a fan do you or is that one of those things you just sort of like keep in your back pocket and you'd be like you know you ask for forgiveness instead of permission I think you probably got to run that by Tony Khan. And I think Tony Khan is a sick enough person to think that's an enthusiastic, give that an enthusiastic thumbs up. Um, yeah. I, so I, it's funny. You were talking about de- death. I obviously wrote the, the two books. Um, I wouldn't say I'm the biggest death match fan, right? Like, so I love blood and wrestling, but like, you know, I'm not a guy who's just going to watch a tournament of death and be like mm-hmm. that my absolute thing or you know there are a lot of independent promotions that run run you know tons of death matches uh which i want to catch occasionally but that's not like i say my primary thing i mean what you need to have to make it look great is this kind of sense that these guys aren't just trying to do you know like sideshow uh you know geek show stuff right but actually trying to kill each other because they hate each other. Right? Sometimes death matches will be like, this is the equivalent of like, you know, like Lollapalooza would have like that side show, the side show at yeah. the side where a guy would like, you know, stick swords in his face or something like that. Sometimes mm-hmm. death matches get like that where it's like, okay, these guys don't seem like they really hate each other as much as they're just trying to do gross out stuff. You know, Steve yeah. was in the audience, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, whereas this really felt like, oh, this guy, you know, cut a promo over, the crib of my child i'm gonna you know try to murder him and and swerve is really really just embracing this kind of sicko character and he's like one of the most compelling guys in wrestling right now so you kind of buy him as the kind of evil evil lunatic who would hang a guy to death and kind of smile about it i mean he's just really if you think about the growth in character from when he was in you know W it was in NXT even to first getting into uh AEW where he's gonna tag teams and kind of I mean 
he feels like the one of the main characters of wrestling right now. Uh, and should I mean, it feels like if you had to pick one guy to end this MJF title run, wouldn't he be high on the list of people who should do it? I've always been a little bit unsure about that because even from the early days, it felt like MJF's, uh, well, two things. One, so much of what MJF does is sort of in its like own little universe, you know, and it seems like they're telling this big story that will eventually lead to some payoff within the universe. Um, and also there's this sort of, I mean, I think for some reason I just feel like there's um Maybe it's just AEW's track record that it always just sort of felt like a given that when it eventually ends, it'll end at the hands of an older wrestler. That it, you know, just sort of you know, go back to Omega, go back to Moxley, something to that effect. But after last night, I mean, it, you can you can just you're right about Swerve. You're right about the character that he portrayed. There's you're right about the advancement. There's so few people. You know, he had, he, his tights apparently were tribute to Bray Wyatt last night. He, there's so few people in the professional wrestling world that can that can convey something by looking at you, right? The way that Swerve does his, it's like the it's like the evil Clooney. It's like when he when he you know he looks down, but then he's looking at you. You know, uh, it's just so deep. You know, it's just so powerful, and it's it's really it's really an incredible thing. I, I think they'll have a hard time keeping him away keeping him away from the world title at this point. You know, I mean, and listen, they gave him two two wins over Adam Adam Page. You know, I mean, that's a that's pretty that's pretty notable, pretty decisive. You know, especially when it's coming from you know the booking committee <laughs> or whatever. It, it, that'll it'll be interesting. And, and the challenge is now. I think the Page thing is over. And the challenge is now is not to have him kind of just float back in the morass, which happens a lot in AEW where people will have mm -hmm. a moment. And then it's like, well, the week after what happened to them, right? You yeah. know, it, it, so that's the thing is they got to make sure that I think he's got as much momentum as anybody in the promotion right now. So now he, I, I, I can't, he's got to be on TV now. You know what I mean? I can't be, can't be two weeks before we see him again and then him kind of recycled back into the middle. I think they have a real opportunity. Do you think they know who they've always had an idea who's behind that devil mask? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I thought it was Adam. I thought it was Cole from the beginning. Um, I don't think it's, I don't think they, I mean, whatever, it's possible that they don't know, but I just think that's some like, that's a level so, to, to, to introduce was, that gimmick without an answer in mind is, is, a, is a level of malpractice that I would not assume of anyone. I mean, they never knew who the black scorpion was until like well into that thing. I mean, that, uh, uh the, so, you know, I don't think it's completely, I'm not sure they knew who the higher power was going to be in the WWE. I mean, this is, there's history in wrestling of having these, just coming up with these ideas and not really having a, of writing the final act until you're done. Right. Lost didn't always didn't know what. Wait, did, the did they not know? The did, did they not know that Al Perez? Well, I thought it was Al Perez was the Black Scorpion until he ran until he rubbed some people the wrong way. I don't know, um, but you're right. I mean, the higher power thing. I, I think. Listen, I don't think anybody would put it past Vince McMahon to introduce a big gimmick like the like you know the higher power or whatever without knowing the end. I mean, he didn't. There was the thing with his son. There were a lot of it's the, the the raw the anonymous raw general manager. There's a lot of like, let's just do it and we'll figure it out later. But the MGF storyline didn't need the devil. 
there was no there this wasn't like a like a blind grab for a for a ratings boost or something i i think it was part of the story that they're telling long term um and i think it's either i, I just don't think I, I just can't imagine that tony khan would have introduced it without the answer in mind now that doesn't mean he's not open to another suggestion right i mean if you know because swerves under that mask if i'm making the decision now i'm just saying look oh yeah you know, hey guys hey y'all Let's, hey, just, up, let's just call a, let's party. call it audible. Let's push this. Let's just, let's take advantage of this guy. He it works well with the thing. You can have the other guys be you know the other members of the mogul embassy. You can bring back the guy with all the face face tats. Trench. Like, His name is Tr- Trench. Trench. <laughs> Trench is back. This would be a great opportunity to reintroduce Trench. But I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I I think that that's. I think I'm just so high on his potential especially after last night that it feels like you 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 let's go ahead and just you know strap it strap the rocket to him have him be the next big guy and i just didn't this is a guy i just did not see this from when they signed him or or him on the indies it was just like okay this is he's a good wrestler and he's in the mix of good wrestlers that you know like but not like he looks now like a guy that should be the top now you mentioned the main event I could sit here and ask again, in kayfabe, why are we having our champion defend the Ring of Honor titles with like some guy off the street on the same card where he's defending the world title when the rest of the Ring of Honor belts aren't being defended? Uh, I, I I could ask why you know you're letting uh, his one-legged best friend defend the title in his place in the main event. Why that's a in kayfabe? Why that's an acceptable uh, solution? To this problem, why the belt was going to change hands in this situation, even if he, if Adam Cole couldn't wrestle, um, you know, in kayfabe, you can ask how a guy steals an ambulance, how he times his return so well. All those things are sort of beside the point. Um, the, the one thing that really bugged me was the five people trying to stop MJF from getting to the ring. It's like that guy's in a walking boot who's about to wrestle. <laughs> I know. <laughs> if we have five guys trying to stop somebody from doing something, why aren't they five guys trying to stop Adam Cole from doing what he's doing? Yeah. That's Maybe insane. not have that the five guys or, or do like a little thing where Adam Cole threatens to quit AEW unless they let him do it. I think they had to do some reason why they were sanctioning this more than Ye- they did. Like you could have like yes. a thing like I'm 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 voiding my contract and walking out unless you let me do this. And then right, they don't right. want to let him do that. But it just didn't, that part of it didn't make a, a ton of sense. Or, I didn't mind the ambulance. That or, feels like stealing an ambulance is part of wrestling um, logic. Like they, people just steal ambulances all the time. Well, you could, <laughs> you okay could have thing. also done, you could have also, done, I mean, I, I know this doesn't really help any of the other complaints, or whatever, but you could have also like just made it a, a triple threat match and inserted Adam Cole. So that there wasn't this bizarre situation where Adam Cole is defending someone else's title just because they're buddies, right? If you say, oh, this is a triple threat match, now you're in charge, and then the belt's still on the line, and if MJF doesn't make it, then he's not a part of it, and then Adam Cole can just powder out as soon as he gets there. You know, like that, like something like that would have been really feasible. Also, you maybe could have had Jay White beat, you know, pin Adam Cole to make to make it look, I mean, sorry, have MJF pin Adam Cole or something and have some tension there without making Jay White necessarily look so bad but here's the thing of all of those questions mjf is a very self-aware wrestler in character and out of character he's very he understands pro wrestling history clearly he was referencing a lot of it or a lot of modern pro wrestling history in that match right mm-hmm. a lot of people were saying oh it's like wwe style match all right this is this is modern pro wrestling you know he stole an ambulance he did the told the whole outside the ring table spot well sort of uh made it and uh and all that but 
if you know pro wrestling history, why are you letting people take you to the hospital to begin with? <laughs> like, it doesn't matter what happened to your knee. Just go out there with the, with the, with the borrow your buddy's walking boot and just go yeah. to the ring. Like, yeah. why are you going to the hospital? You know you're not going to make it back. You know what they're going to try to do. Like, it's so strange. I feel like they could have gotten the same the same point without it being just so... I mean, I don't mind the shenanigans because there were lots of shenanigans, right? I don't mind all of the nonsense, all of the ref bumps and whatever else. Interference, the double... Inter Is there a word for the a term for when someone gets interferes, gets ejected and interferes again? Uh, uh, there, there, we should have a term of art for that. But there, there was so much stuff going on in this match. I don't mind it. It's okay, especially in the shadow of Hangman Swerve. Give me all the shenanigans you got. But the setup was just so bizarre. And then they're- It was really weird. Not, and not for nothing, they're in the same situation that we've been in, again, I mean, this is not to compare it to WWE, but I feel like we've been in this situation with WWE so many times before where it's like a money in the bank cash in. Every match now with MJF, you're expecting the devil to be revealed by the end of it. And you don't get it, and so you're just sort of deflated as the show goes off the air, you know? Anyway. What did you guys think of this match? It was actually a really fun match. I, I really liked it. I watched it again today before talking to you guys. I, You know, I thought it probably could have, they should have shaved seven minutes off of it. I think if you're going to do this fighting through a terrible injury thing, you should fight through it and get a win in 15 minutes instead of 30 mm -hmm. minutes. I, that's just, you know, that's just maybe an old man yelling at clouds complaint about all professional wrestling now. It's all of it needs to have 15 minutes shaved off of it for the most part. But uh, sure. I thought it was really, I thought it was really good. I, I, I thought, um, I thought they kind I thought both wrestlers did a good job of kind of explaining why the, it was going as long as it was, because I think, what Jay White did a nice job of just being like the kind of guy who's like, I could win this at any time, but I'm going to fuck with yeah. you. I'm going to toss, spit at your boy. I'm going to talk shit, uh, which is really a Jay White. One of the strengths yes. of him as a wrestler is, is totally the shit talking is the arrogance. And I thought that worked mm -hmm. really well. I mean, I thought your two huge spots were really cool, huge spots that you hadn't really seen very much before. I did. Uh, I did think the ref, I mean, I think maybe we need a six months moratorium in all professional wrestling for ref bump run in visual pins just everywhere. Just maybe let's take a hiatus from that. Um, maybe till 2025, make a 2024 full free of that at finish. Cause you see it so much in AW and then obviously every Roman Reigns match has it. And, um, but I, you know, although otherwise I thought it was, I thought it was cool. I thought, you know, MJF is, is channeling kind of this old school eighties baby face. And doing a pretty good job of doing it, right? Like the with the kangaroo kick is his version of Dusty's flip flop and fly, and uh, and then you know, like I said, I I I don't think it was as good as Swerve and Hangman, but I think it was probably the second best match on the show. He's got that eighties eighties wrestler build, at least on the WWF side. It <laughs> feel like he gets bigger and bigger every time I see him. He's like ripping through these t shirts. Um, I I agree. I mean, MJF's work has been impeccable. Um, and you asked if they had the devil figure. I mean, I'm sure they know. I, I feel confident they know who the devil is. Also, we've gotten this sort of, uh, you know, tacit, or I think Sean Ross Sapp reported out that they that they know who the devil is, but more importantly, they know who the minions are. Like, these aren't just, like, masked no, nobodies who will never be, you know, revealed again. Like, these are specific people. So it seems like they do have it. Also, 
during his one of his recent press conferences, I saw where someone asked about the devil and Tony Khan just responded by answering about Adam Cole's injury, which seemed a little bit telling. I'm not sure. It was it was sort of strange. Anyway, um, I, I'm not I did appreciate that Adam Cole showed up in full like I wasn't prepared to be here style with the really unkempt beard and the lack of tan and, you know, whatever. But like uh I was a little bit nonplussed as to why he was there in general if he he's not about to be used. So maybe he's about to be maybe maybe they're about to push the button on that. Um how, I mean, how see. bad's the injury? It's tough, right? You can't really Well, my I, mean, I, I don't cons- know at this point. Like, I'm a I conspiracy think- theorist. I thought that I my, I've I'm firmly convinced that there was never an injury. That this was all this is all a work just to get to the devil reveal. But the problem with that is even uh, what I'm saying is not true, presumably, but even if that were true, the problem is we're getting to a point where now it's been a, m- a couple of months. Like it's not, sho- it's not going to be shocking if he can wrestle tomorrow, right? Even if he were really injured, no, no one is paying attention to the, to the date on the calendar, you know, it's, it's not, it's going to lose some of its luster. So um, maybe it was it, a real injuries, but he's getting that like a uh, Brett, uh, he's getting, he's getting that Aaron Rodgers like uh, uh <laughs> mystical <laughs> mystical achilles You're going in that, thing, right? that blood the blood spinning in germany or whatever yeah, yeah i mean exactly. listen you could do there there are a lot of solutions here no i, I mean it, it could have been an injury and it's just not as big an injury as they said it was but it seemed like from what they said at the time that this was like a year long i mean it was an enormous injury it was supposed to be like a four-part surgery or something like this is it was a huge deal so i mean i'm starting to believe it's legitimate and they just want to keep adam cole on tv because they want to pop the crowd for the music i guess or uh, because I, you know, I was with you. I kind of thought, oh, maybe that they're working us, and you know, at the very end of the match, like he's gonna take his boot off and hit MJF with it or something sure. like that. Like I, I completely thought that was there. But then the more I looked at him, like he did not look like somebody who's been able to use that leg for a while. Like he just looked like, you know, I, I don't know if it was the beard or like the not tanning or whatever, but like he definitely looks like somebody who's been dealing with physical rehabilitation for a while. So. He looked like a miniature version of the late great Brody Lee that one time he was he was brought back as a bludgeon <laughs> brother without any warning. And he just yeah. had like really skinny, untanned arms and just yeah. was like totally. It looked, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was the, match was, about- the match was all right, though. Like, I kind of feel like, you know, with MJF. Um, it, it could have dragged on a little bit, but I think that's kind of what makes MJF work is because he's not trying to do a a, a bunch of like, I mean, he could absolutely do the work rate stuff. And I think what happens is anytime he has those big spots because he keeps everything so simple, it gets a bigger reaction. Like that running, that running cutter outside of the ring, the, Uh the elbow drop out of the, you know, outside of the ring while like, you know, selling the knee the whole time. Um, I thought Jay White looked more like a champion than I ever believed him to be up yep. until then, which is crazy. Like he looked, he looked phenomenal. Like he, he looked like a dude. I was like, oh, okay, like I, I could, see, I would see if they just put the title on him tonight. But obviously, once the once the ambulance came down and once all this stuff was sort of happening, it's just it makes you believe that you know they are completely behind this MJF babyface run. And even if that big reveal sort of happens and he's somehow behind the devil, like I just don't kind of see them turning back right now. He's almost like he's kind of 
in a way, he's kind of getting the run that like Cody probably should have got when he was at AW, right? Like he, he's kind of doing a lot of Cody verse stuff. Except yeah, he's just kind of sub out, you know, a few players. You add in Adam Cole, you add in, uh, you know, the Wardlow, all these other people. Like he's basically has his own sort of universe happening. So that's why, you know, uh, when I got on social media this week and said, you know, after this whole swerve match, like it, it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't, I wouldn't blame them if they co- sort of course corrected and if Swerve wasn't the plan to be the devil at this point, maybe he should be now. Um, they need to make him, and I think they are sort of succeeding at it, their most sympathetic babyface right yeah. there. And it's it's because he's been such a dick in the past. It's because he's been so despicable in, in, his, in his past career that everybody sort of doesn't buy it. And that's why they're going so over the top with the, oh, my God, his best friend. Oh, my God, the knee. And, oh, my God, look how much this man has changed over the years and become such a real nice and giving and loving person who loves the fans and loves AEW and will cry for this on a press conference and all this type of stuff. It's like they are going super duper good guy with him that whoever opposes him whether it's at world's end or whoever's underneath that devil mask has to be the complete opposite of it he has to be somebody who is you know either really close to him that you know ends up fucking him which would be adam cole or somebody who we've seen that is legitimately uh, a devilish person which we have seen to be swerve in the in the past month so as far as the match is concerned, I thought it was cool. But you guys, uh, you guys know more about this stuff than I do. Are we? Sh- how long is Cody's WWE contract? Because uh, that would uh, be the perfect devil, right? Like if it was a year, <laughs> if it was a year, and he comes back underneath that devil mask, right? Like they've got all that history between the two of them, and all of a sudden it's it's Cody, and then it's Dustin, and, and I don't know Art Anderson or something like that underneath oh, the, uh, 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 the the minion things. That might be the best one. That might be the best fantasy booking one I've I've heard. <laughs> just not by far. Although the the way they're booking this, it just feels like it's. I mean, it's just so it's just so focused on MJF that the answer is either has to be Adam Cole, or it's like I mean I I say this half I mean uh, unseriously. Jack Perry but or somebody? No, if it's if it's Jack Perry, that that that's the last thing that ever happened. That's in that's Savio Vega coming out as the secret partner or whatever WWE yeah. pay per view that is. If it's, that's if, if it's the, not, that's if the mass, that's if the um, Black Scorpion was actually Al Perez. It was like it's yeah. Al Perez. <laughs> I think the, well, I don't remember. My recollection was it was Al Perez the Black Scorpion, and it was just the Black Scorpion. Like it was like he was. I don't think it was going to be like, oh my god, it's Al Perez. Although Al Perez he certainly had the look back then. I think it was um, Angel. I think it was Angel of Death for a while. Angel of Death was, was like, one of those yeah. options too. Yeah, for sure. But any of those Man. would have been a bad idea. They should bring uh, back of, the Black Scorpion. Does WWE own the rights to that now? They should just have well, a Black Scorpion every year, like the like, like the money in the bank. <laughs> Just like every year, there's a shocking reveal of who's behind the black scorpion mask. Oh, um, oh my God, no, this guy's I, I, doing I, magic I, tricks. Oh, no, not magic tricks. <laughs> Who was that, Spellbinder? Remember? Do you remember him from the, Continental? Yeah, sure, but the black scorpion was doing it too, right? He would always, that was yeah. like his big mysterious thing. It's like, oh my God, he's disappearing somebody in a box. Like, it's like, yeah. <laughs> I think it wasn't oh, the story man. behind the black scorpion, just like only just being like, fine, you want dumb shit? Here's some dumb shit. Probably it was always it was Oli's voice the whole time. So yeah, yeah, I mean he was obviously the booker involved. Um, 
But no, serious. Back to the the devil. I I really believe it's Adam Cole. I think there's like a passing chance that it's like and it's Adam Cole adjacent, and Adam Cole is involved, right? The devil is Kyle O'Reilly, but he's working for Adam Cole or something. Um, Britt Baker, but I, but, I, the other but one. well, they said it's not Britt, but yeah, that that would be conceivable. But I I think this whole thing is so MJF centric that I think that like the number two option on the board for me is like MJF himself or like MJF in like Days of Our Lives style who doesn't know what he's doing when he has the mask on. You know, like there, I just like it's so MJF centric that it would be wild. It would be it would it would be more likely to me that it was that it was brainwashed MJF than than swerve at this point but i would love swerve you know i just think i just think the story they're telling is really hyper focused on one man this episode is brought to you by ebay motors passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Let's talk about the rest of the show so we can keep this thing moving along. Um, Phil, I know you talked to um, you, you talked to uh, to um, Moxley for your book. What did you think about his uh, latest match again in, in a losing effort against Orange Cassidy? I thought it was good. I mean, I thought their match they had the previous match they had at all. Uh, all out was one of the best AW matches of the year. And yeah, this, this was not that. This wasn't that. So I think it, and, and, and the way it was set up in the card, it couldn't have been, right? But uh, so I think it was all maybe mildly disappointing because their first match was so amazing that you kind of want the second one to live up to that. But I thought it was, I thought it was cool. I liked, uh, I kind of liked Moxley 
walking through a lot of Orange Cassidy stuff until he couldn't anymore. Mm -hmm. I kind of like that as a story where it's just like it was a nice twist on the story that you sort of are forced to tell with Orange Cassidy over and over again, which is just like, like, I'm all fun and games until I get serious. Right. And then there was a point that you kind of saw this was the kind of reflected version of that um, where Moxie treated it like fun and games until the point where they got serious. Um, I thought that I thought it was a lot of fun. And people were criticizing him no selling the punch. Uh, the thing about punches is that if you can know a punch is coming, you can absorb it in a f- real fight. You know, I, I boxed for five years. And if you see a punch coming, you can take a punch. If you don't see a punch coming, you gets when you get knocked out. So I don't mind that as a as a spot. It's like I, he saw him do it and then he steeled his jaw and took the punch. And then when he kind of was a little on Dream Street, then all of a sudden those punches started to land and and and, and knock him and knock him silly. And I thought that was perfectly consistent with the physics of professional wrestling. I didn't have any problem with that at all. And I somebody who did doesn't like when Hawk stands up after Jerry Lawler's pile driver. It's a spot I don't it's no song spots or stuff that really bugs me usually. That one that one didn't. Yeah, no. Um, it was it was it was a good match. I, mean, I think it's I think everyone in the world can agree. It wasn't their last match, but it was good and it was it was a you know if you're going to run it back, I think this is a, it's a, it's a big win for Orange Cassidy. I'll be interested to see what he, what he, what he has next too, because I think it's, it, th- that is a, uh, it's a, funny. He's like a project, not in the sense that he needs a lot of work, but he's certainly like a project in the sense that like, he's a part of their future in an enormous way. Um, but he's also such an institution for them at this point that, that it's not like I'm, uh, I think I'm, I'm just like personally interested to see what the next year looks like for him. Anyway, Kaz, I'm going to turn, I'm going to switch this up for you. We talked a lot and we've talked to Adam Copeland, formerly known as Edge on this show. What did you think about his big, uh, his big pay-per-view debut alongside staying in Darby Island against uh, Christian's crew? I I liked it more than I thought I was going to like it, right? Like I I didn't realize, uh, you know, once I saw them all out there and they were all kind of taking parts of each other's gimmick and kind of came out as a united sort of group it made for some really dope visuals um man i think since talking to adam copeland and talking to chris hero last week i'm starting to get like much more of an appreciation for darby allen um i just love the way he just bounces off of people (laughs) like he's just he's he's he's, he wrestles like a like a human like a human pokemon or something right you just kind of send them out and he just sort of just fucking uh, like i don't know hit mochan i don't know if i don't know if i'm going deep in the pokemon bag for this uh, but yeah you're, you've got me i'm lost already it's fine <laughs> do you want me to do you want me to call zach down and we can do five minutes yeah. of pokemon please he's, yeah get, get the kids don't let me i'm like yo if you could describe a pokemon who's like just small but like a weapon like he's just he's just like a, a human bullet like who would that be and then give me that answer but in in the same case man um uh i i, I loved it i, I mean i did I said this, and I say this sort of about the same um, uh, match with Mox and, uh, and and Orange Cassidy. I'm glad that AEW is figuring out how to do good matches quick, right? Like, I think for a while they were really stuck on, like, everything needs to be 10, 15, 20 minutes, 
whatever. Like, I don't know. I don't know how long the match was. I don't know, but it didn't feel like it was longer than 15 minutes. And it didn't feel like it was it 15. Was, it was just at 15. 15 it was just at 15. Yeah. Time. Like, it, and I don't know if that includes entrances or not, but that's six people that all got their shit in in 15 minutes. Yep. And we still got to advance, you know, the Adam Copeland Christian stuff. I'm, well, I'm but, that well, that, well, I think that's the trick, though, is they advance it really definitely with one of the oldest tricks in the book. Yep, I mean, yep. really beautifully by just not having them engage with each other. Yep. That's also a good way to cut time too. Every instead of having those big those big showdowns, you just one guy one guy bails. Yeah, um, Christian I, yeah, I was so great in that match. So good, just an mm-hmm. absolute. He is just in his bag like he's never yeah. been in his entire career in his mid forties. It's he's, so wild. I mean, he's incredible. he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. So I want to also uh, give a quick shout out to Nick Wayne in that match. And Nick Wayne's a guy who I watched a, some of when he was on the indies and was not into, I was like, I, this is another 160 pound guy doing 50 high spots. There's a million of these dudes. And the fact that they changed Nick Wayne into basically Jamie Dundee. And he yeah. is a really great Jamie Dundee. Like he's not doing any he fancy is. spots. He's just going to take huge bumps and be a sleaze bag with like a, like a bead necklace. I mean, just like, now he's like, I'm like, Oh, well, it's weird. Nick Wayne's like one of my favorite guys to watch now. Cause he's basically just like a, a little a little weasel getting like mm. beat, getting thrown around as opposed to a yeah. guy who's got, look at my, look at my 17 cutter variations. I've got 17 right. of them, which totally, I thought he kind totally of agree. Indie. Totally agree. This is the right. I mean, when they signed Nick Wayne, I was just sort of perplexed um, because he's so young and, you know, so green and so, you know, physically underdeveloped and everything else. It just seemed like a lot of that. There was going to be a lot of a big wait before the payoff. This is the right way in AEW to work your young boy system, right? Let him be a sleazy lackey amongst, you know, in a heel faction, you know, and just see what they have. See how big that personality can get. And also, obviously, work on everything else in the meantime. I mean, he's a good wrestler. And, and um, you know, I think that they, they, there's moments when he's in there, when, you know, when he's when he's wrestled Darby, and he's wrestled other people around that that sort of, mannequin size too but like you know that 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 department store section too but like it's it's um there there are moments where i'm like i don't know if i were i'm not going to make any i'm not going to say anything and you know like make some like broad judgment but if i were darby allen i probably wouldn't be bringing in my friends who are my size because part of what makes him cool is that he's unique right but um but there are moments when they're in there together and you're just like you understand why i mean it's it like you see you see two guys who are about the same stature working together and it, it, it they they play different kind of music together and it's it's really fulfilling to watch anyway um you know the i think of all of the matches from full gear that are going to get lost in the conversation uh is the next one i'm going to mention which is it would true because we've lost it in the conversation we're already this many matches in but the ladder match for the tag team belts um had some really really spectacular moments and you know i think it's probably safe to say that that um the, that the death match was, you know, the most uh, uh, significant tribute to the late, great Terry Funk. But Dax Harwood did put a ladder on his head, did put the, do, do the ladder around his neck and do the spinning ladder th- gimmick uh, for everybody to see. So that was in there too. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, you, you know, the tag team division is a, a little bit odd right now to me in AEW, considering where it's been in the past. But that match was really, really fun. I mean, that was a... That was a, a fun eight man ladder match. What, what did you guys think? Yeah, um, 
how about Big Bill, yo? Like, <laughs> of all the people that w- was going into that match, I, I mean, even though he was the one half of the champions, uh, I didn't think he was going to be the person that I think came out looking the most impressive. But I think he looked really impressive in that match, right? Like, he was a great base for people. Um, he but it helps when, you're, when they spend half the match putting over Brody King as the monster of the match. Then when they finally come face to face, you're just like, wait, <laughs> Big Bill's like a foot and a half taller than him. I mean, yeah. that's it. He's yeah. a big, big, big man. He's a he's a huge dude, man. Um, but I, nah, I thought I thought it was a great match. Um, I, I FTR's FTR at this point. Like you kind of know what you're gonna get from them when they're in a match, or especially any tag team match. So, uh, it, they're they're always gonna be their baseline is always solid match, right? Like it's never below par with them. Uh, but you know, I, I like to see uh Roosh and uh, what was it, Dr- Drillistico? Uh-huh. Uh, I thought they I thought they were pretty awesome together. Um, I didn't realize how over Roosh was. Uh, they were Sheesh. they were really behind him. Uh, but I mean, uh, Ricky and Bill, uh, I'm I'm shocked that they retained. To be honest, like I'm happy they did. Um, I think they're doing some good stuff on Collision. But uh, you know, I've been big on Ricky Starks for a long time. I'm glad they're starting to stack up signature wins for him and signature moments. And anytime you're in a ladder match and you're that guy that gets to do the pulling down of the titles. That's mm-hmm. a that's a shot that always looks good in hindsight. So um, it, it 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 it's good that they're building those guys up, and and more importantly, building Ricky up as a dude who is, you know, legit and has hung with some of the main eventers already, and hasn't really had much to show for it until really recently. So um, I thought it was I thought it was a really good match. I liked it. Phil, you got any notes? S- same. Although my thought is that it, much like the ref bump run-in thing that we need to take a, a 2024 break from. I think probably multi-man ladder matches or something that we should take a, a wrestling break from. Didn't, <laughs> they announce how, the, didn't they announce the ladder like like the day before yeah, the event? Really, yeah, the same, same thing where it's like, oh, we're just throwing a ladder in there. Why don't I just have a – let's try to think of a different idea. So that was kind of my thought about it. It's like I, I think I'm just burned out by these types of matches, and I like everyone in this, and I could think of a bunch of different ways. I would have liked to see Rush – Roosh in a not a ladder match or Brody King and not a ladder match. And um, so that was kind of my thought. I was like, oh man, this is really cool. I think how excited would you be if they announced a ladder match uh, for uh, end of the world 2024 and you hadn't seen one in a year? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that was, that feels like you should do something like that. It was like, let's, let's take, give this, give this a break, especially after what, you know, what happened, uh, what happened to Dante Martin, right? Where it's just like, maybe just, Let's and we're doing something crazy and dangerous a couple matches later. Maybe yeah, I think like- that to me, to me, that felt like a preemptive strike against the death match where it was like and they knew what they were what they had on the card, and so they wanted to make it feel different, but I don't know that it was really necessary. Um, they did do some fun stuff, and you know, I, I'm not, I think. I don't know. It seems like kind of part and parcel with this sort of match to me. I'm not, I wasn't that put off by it, but I agree. I mean, it, there's it, knowing what you have, what else you have on the card, you want to give everybody a chance to shine, but also, you know, you, I would probably keep just the general schmozziness of all the rest of the matches down just to, to give, to give more spotlight to the matches that really matter. Maybe that's those, just guys, those guys don't need ladders, right? It's not like Roosh needs a ladder to be, to be compelling or Brody King needs a ladder. Or Malachi, like none of those guys need ladders to make their stuff look good. You could have just had it be a four way tag or had it be like a, uh, uh, you know, a, um, 
I don't know. There's a bunch of different things you could do. The, besides, I my, that was what I kind of thought I, about. I'm like, glad, when they I'm added glad the, the ladders, it made me less excited about it than I was before. Uh, but I'm glad, I'm Ricky glad that and Ricky Bill and won. Bill. Yeah, I'm glad that Ricky and Bill won too because I feel like they. I mean, partly it's collision and whatever else. They, I feel like it should feel like a bigger deal that there are tag team champions. Um, so let's just give them and, and wait till that really pays off. FTR constantly amazing. LFI was. Um, I mean, this is the, you're right. Roosh can do thing, impressive things. Rulitsko can do a lot of impressive things without a ladder. Um, but if I only have one quibble, it's that I wish Kings of the Black Throne were protected like they were the fucking nuclear bomb. I mean, I like I like I like, and I'm not just talking about the Hass of Black. I mean, specifically the Malachi Brody tag team. I just feel like it's you know there, there's something sort of holy about those two for me when they get together, and and, um, and you know. Also, I think it'd be fun if to give that crew the tag team titles and let them free bird around with them for a while and whatever. I think that, you know, I think there's a lot of fun stuff you could do. But again, in an eight-man gimmick match, uh, it's kind of hard to, you know, make specific complaints. Um, mm -hmm. Moving on. Timeless Tony Storm is your new AEW Women's World Champion, defeating Hiroki Shida in the, in, uh, in the middle of the card. Um, not too surprising, uh, you know, I don't know that we need to take issue with the finish. I felt that it was more comedy than, than plundery. Um, it always hurts to see Sheeta lose. It's like every time Sheeta gets the title, you're just sort of preemptively preparing yourself for the, the sort of letdown of her losing to whatever person they're going to push to the moon next. But Tony Storm has been so much fun in this gimmick. I don't I'm really have any problem with it at all in the match. Um, Overall, I thought it was really good. Phil, did you have any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's. I mean, the, one of the cool things about AEW is you can have that gimmick, and then also the, you know, the blood drinking, you know, death match, and also all the MJF stuff. It's like you they do the whole circus, and that's always the thing I've kind of liked about that promotion is you get a sense that they, it's there's not a house style in the way that yeah. sometimes you can see a house style in a, w, in the, a WWE show. This one sure. doesn't really have one. And then I thought this was, yeah, so I'm looking forward to where the, what they do with uh, Mariah May and, and that sort of advance of it. And I, uh, yeah, it was cool. I, I, nothing more than just like, yeah, I enjoyed that. It was, I don't know if I'll remember. I'm glad we're talking about it today and not now talking the, about it on this is about Thursday. Where, this is about where it goes next. It. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wrestling's a variety show, right? Like that's you should have matches like that. You should. You should, you should have Tony Storm doing Tony Storm things, and and even, uh, you know, even though it sucks for Sheeta, like a lot of times when somebody gets momentum like that, it's best to 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 ride it, and and she's definitely got it. Um, and it wouldn't make sense to me if she did all this stuff and then she came out and tried to have like a a, a traditional Matt classic, and you know what I mean without like the the, the real entertainment right. shenanigans that she's kind of done in the past few weeks that kind of got her got her entertaining and and, and popping. So um, I didn't have no problem with it. I thought it was I thought it was sort of perfectly placed, and you know I think when it comes to the women's division, especially in AEW, I think there's so much pressure on them to be like, oh my God, they have the best women's wrestling in the world. And instead of just doing, putting on a good show. Like, instead of just putting just, a frying pan down your pants and yeah, getting, like, making the crowd happy. No, it's true. Just entertain, you know? Yeah. No, I, 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 I totally agree. Um, uh, Tony Storm, not your only new women's champion in AEW. Uh, after the... Um, TBS championship match 
the triple threat between Julia Hart, Chris Statlander, and Sky Blue. Julia Hart emerged as the new champ. There was some in-match storytelling between her and Sky Blue. It seemed like they were buddies for a while. Then Julia Hart teamed, uh, I mean, turned on her. Um, Chris Statlander played hell of a bass throughout this match. Uh, she was, you know, just the, the 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 real muscle throughout and looked really, really good, although she got the win taken away from her at the end um, after she put her finisher on Sky Blue and then Julia Hart stole the pin. Um, talking about people whose time it is, I mean, Julia Hart certainly, by hook or by crook, feels like um, it's her moment right now. And who knows what the ceiling is on Julia Hart, but certainly as far as her career has taken her so far, this is the... This is the 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 peak, and she got there on a rocket. Um, uh, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Anybody got any thoughts? I think it was probably a smart move. I think there's more to do with Julia Hart having that belt than Statlander is a very good roster, but I never thought really like I never really th- thought she caught a moment really with that title as 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 much. I mean, she had the big moment winning it, but I don't remember. I don't know how many super memorable TBS titles. No moments there were with Chris Sattler. It feels like you could have her chase and maybe get her heated up a little more again. Obviously mm-hmm. she's pretty young too. So it's like the, these, these two are going to probably be feuding for the next decade in, uh, in AEW, uh, you would assume. So I, I thought it was a good idea. It was an okay match. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I thought both of those were kind of like, I think maybe it world's end. They should try to book a, a killer women's match i think there's been it's been a while since we had one that have really blown the doors off of it and they certainly have the talent to do that and maybe that should be something that they should think about it's like we gotta have one of these that really like is the one that the first what would you what what, what would be your what is your dream match just in your talk when you say killer you're talking about like work rate right or you know memorable it could be doesn't have to be work rate memorable but it could be yeah something but but something that i think it's it, it they should try to book a match that's the first or second thing that we talk about on when we do one of these recap shows, totally the agree. We're talking about at the 59 minute mark after, you know what I mean? Like, so I, and I think they've got the talent to do that. I mean, maybe Mariah May, uh, Tony Storm is that. Maybe they built that to a huge thing. Uh, I don't know if maybe, I don't know if World's End is too soon for it, but at I some feel like point, it's too soon. But Mariah May is a really gifted wrestler, we've seen, but that's a, but, but even that is a fairly recent vintage, right? I right. mean, it's, it's not like, it's not, it's not like she's been tearing it up in Japan for five years. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it, it's it's only been the past man. I mean, within this calendar year, that you would have been like, man, she's a must sign. Um, and even and she hasn't been in AEW that long, you know. I mean, I think that I think that's the sort of thing that does a disservice to the title to me. I mean, that can be a storyline, but that doesn't need to be your championship feud. I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I mean, the, I mean, the, it, they, the best they women's need to, they, wrestler in AEW is Athena, but she's not in AEW. Right, like she's right. the one who's doing this. They're built the the match that it, it is is like Athena Billy uh, Billy Starks or maybe even Athena Ronda, but that's like weirdly on our. Oh, we even talk about the fact that Ronda Rousey <laughs> popped up in Ring of Honor this week. Yeah, free agency well, for the free agency watch we skipped because Kaz wasn't here yet. But Ronda Rousey's now apparently working Ring of Honor. Who knows if that's a if that's a real long term thing or if that was just a. Uh, uh, she did a solid for Maria Shafir because and just reworked the same match they worked in the indie, you know, on the indie show a couple of days prior. But um, that's weird. Uh, will Ospreay's officially with AEW, or he will be in the new year? What's what's the most exciting free agent storyline right now? Um, funny enough, uh, I think it's I think it's Ronda. Like I think the Ronda stuff is 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 Rousey. I mean, do you think we think she's there? Peculiar. What's up? 
I mean, is she? Did she sign with AEW? I have no idea, and I think that's why I'm I'm more I'm more my eyebrows raised a little bit more than the the Osprey stuff. I feel like the Osprey signing was kind of more of a formality. I think everybody kind of had. A according formality. to Tony Khan, according to Tony Khan, Ronda Rousey is not signed, but they okay. had a great conversation. Okay, all right. Well, well, there you go. And I, you know, I think when it comes to Will Osprey. Me personally, I would have loved. I would have loved to see him in WWE. I think a lot of the matches that he's already kind of had that I've seen, uh, you know, he'll, he'll have to do on AEW television, which I think is cool. But just me personally, I would have loved to see how he would have been presented on WWE television, just for my own sort of, you know, curiosity. But as far as um, you know, the Ronda stuff is concerned, it's like the women's division, and I, and I think it, it sort of speaks to the TBS championship match as well. Um, I just didn't think they were very deep for a while, right? I mean, you, you lost, you lost Jade. You, you know, Britt Baker's hurt. Um, you know, Tony sort of re- reinvented herself. Uh, the Soraya experiment hasn't really worked out as well. Um, I think this, these two championship matches weren't so much about like let's find some you know killer you know bell to bell five star women's matches it's let's develop some people like your sky blues kind of a new person now uh julia hart sort of like this fully formed version of herself now and chris atland is the fighting champ so with all that sort of like circulating and mariah may all there ronda rousey is sort of a a interesting sort of variable here if she becomes AEW's like Brock Lesnar, where they just bring her in for like, you know, special events or something like that, or she signs a full time deal, whatever it is. Um, that is interesting to me because I agree. I, you know, that, that she's she still has I think she's I, I think she I think she does more. I think she benefits AEW more than she would WWE. But what if she's Ring of Honor's Brock Lesnar? Oh, Ring of Honor, <laughs> yeah. Bring her in. <laughs> If you want to watch League uh, of Honor, for every, just for a super honor kind of honor. club, honor club yeah. specialty. I, I, I really, I kind of like that just because I kind of, one of the things I've always liked about AEW is they're sort of in conversation with the entire wrestling world, right? Sure. They're not, the, they, they are part of everything, right? So they'll reference it, they'll have the, they'll reference AAA, they'll reference New Japan, although, uh, you know, or they'll reference the indies and they'll have, you know, uh, Mace, uh, Mance Warner show up because he had a, he won a battle royal at a Ric Flair show and have a match and then we'll see Mance Warner again. And, uh, but, uh, or, you know, the times they've had Jeff Cobb do the same thing. And I kind of like, you know, somebody who's arguably as big a star as Ronda Rousey come in is kind of like this. Hey, we're just wrestle a match. We never wrestle another match again. But wasn't, wasn't that cool that she showed up that one time? So I kind of like yeah. that. I, I, you know, obviously if I was Tony Khan, I would try to sign her because I think that, you know, she's Scott, you know, there's some issues with Ronda Rousey, but I think that she's definitely, uh, you know, has a lot of talent and kind of would totally. be cool to see her again in a place that it doesn't have as strict a way to work a wrestling match as, as sort of the WWE women's division does. Yeah, but no, and that's totally true. I mean, I think what you were saying before is they need to they need to have a women's match at you know at the next big show that doesn't where we talk about it up top. Um, they, I mean, they just need to get that. They need to have a women's match that makes us not know you having conversations about Mercedes Monet and Ronda Rousey. You know, after the pay per view. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and I, you know, they certainly have the talent to get there. So uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see where they go. I mean, that's I think kind of what gets me about the Mariah May thing. I, I like, and I think she's she could within a year be one of those people. But we we just need Tony Storm head just rushing headlong towards the biggest possible match they could have, and I don't even know what it is. 
What did you guys um, think about the triple crown? Because I've got right. some opinions on that. Uh, it's kind of perplexing. Um, so basically, Jelani Kingston said that in the Continental Classic, which he has entered, he is putting the uh, Ring of Honor title and the New Japan Strong title on the line in every match that he's in, so that the winner of the tournament would be a Ring of Honor, I mean, sorry, AEW's first ever triple crown champion. I guess the point here is we're just raising the stakes of the tournament to the point where, you know, you could be a triple crown champ and, and uh, that's a bigger deal than just being the winner of the Continental Classic. Um, although it's unclear with the structure of the tournament now, if, if that means, do you, I think you can win the tournament without actually pinning Eddie or whoever's holding, or, you know, there doesn't have to be a straight, like a linear thing. So I don't know if you win the titles. It doesn't make sense. It could, it, you know, it could, it could be that, uh, uh, you know, Luchasaurus goes one in, in five or one in four in the thing. And his one victory is already kicks the, but he, now he holds the new Japan strong title. If that was the last match he won, if Eddie went five and one, and then he's got yeah. that, but not the, in the, in the finals at all. I think maybe they're just doing it so all three belts are awarded to the winner. I, I think they. I think that must be what it is it at the press conference. But I don't love it because I think that it's kind of unless Eddie is either in the final or wins the entire thing. I think it really kind of cuts his story short a lot because his story really was like I finally got to the top and now yeah. and I've done this and it feels like if somebody's going to beat him for that ROH title or that New Japan Strong title, it should be meet a meaningful loss like in a match that means like a feud or something rather than I lost I you know I worked um I worked Samoa Joe in the third match of the Continental Classic and I won my first two and lost my third one and now he's got the two both titles or whatever it's gonna be. Right? Well you got the then you got then, then you got your your follow-up match set I guess. I mean it is it is just it's incredibly weird and it does seem like you know wrestling doesn't have to be really super obvious right i mean like the best wrestling feuds are not the ones where you go in knowing exactly how it's going to end and yet it does feel like they they could have worked towards the ending that whatever the desired ending is a little bit in a, some more straightforward way in this case right if the point is that we want the winner to have all these belts um just put eddie kingston in the finals and have him put the belts on the line in the last match or something you know like it's it, i don't know the the, the set it, it's it, we're asking unnecessary questions i feel like at this point so um or at I least mean, have Eddie, Eddie Kingston if, have Eddie Kingston banned from the tournament somehow, and then have him have to put those on the line to get into the tournament, or you know, like have there be some reason why he's like offering them up other than to just like cast to convey esteem to the winner of this tournament? That why does he care about? I, I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, he it's wants kind of bizarre. he wants those triple crown. He wants the three belts, man. He wants to. He wants you know that's that's his. You know, you've got the story of him being the, the giant all Japan market wanting to create the triple crown i mean that kind of fits with his character i sure, mean couldn't I he think, do that couldn't he do that without real... winning i mean couldn't I, he do that yeah. without, without offering it to everybody else couldn't he just win yeah. the thing and say look i got three things i mean i i don't know yeah. i mean I, I i hope that i hope that he's in the finals at least i think he's a fine person to win it i don't think Danielson, even though this is his kind of thing i don't think it makes sense for him to win i think especially because he's on his way out I think it should be somebody else besides Danielson who wins the beats Danielson in the final. And I think Eddie would be a really good person for that to be. I mean, obviously we only weirdly only know four of the 12 people three days before the tournament starts. I don't understand that either, but you know, I, I like the four people that we, we have in it a lot. I think those are 
Andrade, Mark Briscoe, Eddie Kingston, and Danielson are a great four guys to be four of the guys, but I don't know where, mm-hmm. where the other, why we don't at least know, you know, half of the people in the tournament. Um, maybe, maybe we'll just get that on Twitter tomorrow, today and tomorrow and leading up to the matches on Wednesday. Um, we got to get out of here, guys. Uh, but we do have Survivor Series this weekend, and we're not going to be around on Thursday. Now, listen, if something absolutely shocking happens, we'll hop back on and do this. But let's do the super fast picks for WWE Survivor Series on Saturday. You got, you guys ready? Ready. Yes. We don't even know who the fifth member of the good guy, of the babyface team is, whatever. We're just going to pretend it's Randy Orton. All right. Um, well, actually, we, it could be anybody. All right. So, Gunther versus The Miz. Gunther. Cass, who's your pick? Gunther. Phil, Gunther versus The Miz. Gunther, you can't. I mean, The Miz can't be the guy who wins this. That would be great if he was, though. But that would be just hilarious. Okay. Uh, Rhea Ripley versus Zoe Stark for the uh, uh, Women's Championship. Rhea? Rhea Phil? Easy. Rhea, I mean, I don't. I agree. There's something with Zoe Stark. They, they got something there. Uh, but they haven't. Yeah, the, the thing that she gets is to have this big match, not to win the title, right? Like, You're that's, absolutely. That's, that, that's it. Uh, Carlito versus Santos Escobar. Oh, Santos, Santos, got to be Santos. Santos. Got to, yeah. Um, I like what they're doing there. I like th- th- this is sort of one of those kind of in the middle of things matches, right? Like this is going to be p- a piece in telling this story. So, um, might be a, I, might be a, 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 a low key show stealer, man. If they let them go for a little bit, like yeah. Carlito hasn't really got to flex his muscles in a bit. Santos getting his. I think Carlito only flexes his muscles. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think uh, it might be a show stealer. I'll bookmark that. Um, and then the women's war games match: Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Shotzi, and shocking teammate Becky Lynch versus Super Damage Control: Bailey, Oscar, Yosuke, and Kyrie Sane. Um, Bailey looks like she's losing her grip on damage control. And um and uh the baby faces, you know, this is sure our super super friend sort of team up over here. Um Sh- oh, Shotzi seems like she's got a giant flashing I'm losing this match sign on her. <laughs> like she's like the war machine in the second uh, war games. Uh. The war machines in this? <laughs> like the war machines taking the fall. So I don't know. I, I mean it does make sense that if they're doing the breakup now that Maybe Bailey loses, or or causes, or she does the the Larry Zabisco thing of causing her team to lose, even if she's not the one who takes the fall. But just feels I like agree. There's so much there stuff there. With, there's so much stuff there with Bailey. But I think I I think I'm leaning towards your first your first take, which is that we want the we want the heels to look strong. We'll, we'll either punt on the Bailey thing, you know, because they can tell that story over weeks or months. Um, or somehow have her kicked out of the group and have that not affect the fact that the heels win. You know, they can still have a numbers advantage. Well, not literally, but they can still use numbers to their advantage without her. And, you know, maybe they let it, maybe they get it to, to the very end where, and then they say, hey, we, now we don't need you anymore. Like have Bailey start the match. And then by the end, they're just like, no, we're good with just the four of us. And they toss her out and they still win the match. I feel like damage control or whatever they're going to be called is going to win this one. Kaz, what do you say? Um, I think damage control wins this one. Uh, I, I, I love that EO Sky has been built extremely strong. And if this match doesn't end up with, you know, at least one time Bailey being turned on and Charlotte and Becky like lifting her up after damage control, like beats the snot out of her and getting that sort of 
four horsewomen respect or something. I don't know. I feel like they. I feel like they. I feel like eventually Bailey, Charlotte, and Becky are gonna find their way back to each other somehow in this match mm-hmm. or shortly afterwards. So, uh, yeah. But I think this is a damage control victory with the Sky doing something extremely nuts got, off the cage. The four of the biggest stars. Sorry, I don't mean this is a slight to Shotzi, but you have four of the biggest stars in women's wrestling all in one team. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess there is a, a sort of booking logic that you have them all standing with their hands raised together at the end, but I just don't see really how it helps them nearly as much as it helps the other team to get this mm-hmm. win. Right, because you got you can say Eos guy, you can say Kyrie Sane got a win over Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair yeah, for the rest all, of time. They're all you know? bulletproof. Everybody on that woman's on the on the Super Friends are bulletproof except for Shotzi. So it's she rides in a tank. Where... So she's. I think. I think she is technically bulletproof. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I agree. And then of course we got the big men's match, um, the Judgment Day being Damian Priest, Finn Balor, Dirty Dom, and JD McDonough. Um, against the other super friends, Cody Rhodes, Seth freaking Rollins, Jey Uso, Sami Zayn, and mystery partner who is rumored uh, to be Randy Orton, but could be a lot of people. I mean, who knows? It could be Kevin Owens. It could be uh, uh, CM Punk. <laughs> Couldn't You can't go an episode without, without saying his name. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it could be anybody. Uh, this sure feels like a babyface win. I mean, that's part of my feeling about about the damage control thing is the baby faces have got to get the win here, right? I mean, this is this feels Jamie, like we've been Jamie heading towards. Jamie McDonough is also there in sort of the role of guy who to lose this match too, right? Like he's also that would like be Jamie great if the the leather that would be so great if the leather jacket that that uh, that Priest like so honorably gave him to signal that he's in the group like, literally had a target on the back of it or something, yes. you know, or just. Uh, like once he puts it on, like he, it's like a kick me sign. And he doesn't yeah. know it. And he's like, oh. I mean, he Dirty, D- Dirty Dom can lose a match like this too and it's not going to hurt him. Um, yeah, it's true. So. Well, Dom's got experience inside the cell. So, you know, he he's going to, he, he might have the upper hand here. Um, true, good point. But yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I don't know if this is the end of the Judgment Day, but it certainly feels like this era of the Judgment Day is reaching some sort of point of inflection. So I, I, I know it won't happen because it would be too confusing to probably explain in real time, but I really would love them to work the Money in the Bank briefcase into this match. It would be just incredibly cool to see just in the midst of a War Games match to have the Money in the Bank cash-in happen. Um, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I, I figured like that would be... That would there's not so many first that they can pull off with that money in the bank briefcase, but that's one to yeah. be cashed in like in the middle of a match, and then the match sort of continues and like sort of the, the well, dynamics of that entire. And coming, match. We, yeah, we did talk about this. And coming off of Priest's proclamation that he's the leader of the group, imagine an ending where the whole team just lost, but Damian Priest somehow has the world heavyweight championship. Yeah, you know, so there he's you go. like he, he's happy. The rest of them are sad. Everybody's pissed off, and he's just like mm, takes his belt, walks off, or something like that. Like yeah. that's that's something I, I I'm, I'm hoping they pull off and. and in a way that I think sort of tells a little bit more stories. I think the moment that they they started, you know, he said, "I'm the leader," and Finn gave him that look. I think that was the moment that everybody was like, "Okay, we're we're we're, we're going somewhere with this now." And um, I think War Games is a perfect opportunity to try that. Um, I don't know if they'll do it, but uh, I, I you know, I'm going with the rock stars. I'm going with the baby faces to to win this one as well. You're in Chicago. You're in a war games matches cody rhodes first war games match like come on like what are we doing like he's 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 ending the night standing on top of that cage while you know 
the kingdom is playing. Like it, it's happening. <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm, I'm going his, with I'm going with the good guy. It's his final uh, WWE glory before he jumps back to AW and be uh, <laughs> to be the devil. <laughs> like the moment. Well, look, this is no, like... if he's going back to if he's going back to AW, which he's absolutely not, then he they, he has to take the pinfall. <laughs> yeah, anyway. absolutely. We gotta go. Out All right, back. guys. Uh, thanks for doing this, Phil. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, before I go, did you see this Twitter thread? This amazing Twitter thread that Trevor Dame did about how bad 1993 was for WCW. <laughs> yeah, incredible. I loved it. Just incredible stuff um if you haven't read it go check it out it's just how business was so bad and this wasn't exclusive to wcw the wwf was working high school gyms around this point in time too um but yeah they were trying like 40 people and you know 70 people 250 people at like the reunion arena in dallas (laughs) yeah they'd go to like giant venues and it'd be just like it was like the good ones are like oh it's 1800 people 1100 of those were paper you know (laughs) just nuts and Uh, and you look at those cars you're like oh this vader is teaming with steve austin was like these weren't bad cards either no well the top of the card the top of the card was fine it was a lot of austin and pillman and it was, you know, they had Sting, they had Vader. The, towards the end, they got Flair back. Uh, they had Ricky Steamboat, they had, you know, whatever. But the, but you get down to match two, match three, and it's just, it's it's a mess, man. I mean, it's like people that you forgot. Um, there's You just forgot. A, not me. Nah, you forgot them. But I remember Shanghai Pierce with all of my heart. Uh, so, you know, it's a lot. Of, I was I was such a big I was such I remember Shanghai Pierce. I was such a big Tom Zink fan that I I can't believe just the the I now I understand why he had a bad reputation. Um, yeah, it, it was it was it was really really rough. There was just an inordinate number of Eric Watts over Chris Benoit matches uh, or um, on that stretch. My question for you is, who the hell is Big Caboose? I Do you have any idea who this is? I Googled him. There's no record of him existing outside of like one flyer. There's some wrestler who's just named Big Caboose. I, I will ask my friend Chris Zellner, who is the, the ultimate expert in that kind of stuff, to tell me. But he would be the guy who would know. I'll DM him and then I'll, I'll throw it on Twitter if I find out who Big Caboose is. Um, yeah, well, I want to give a no, te- Text me. Text, text, text me you. if you find out before you put it out there for the world because I want to offer Big Caboose a podcast. I want I want a <laughs> big I want like the 83 weeks with Big Caboose. Just him. Sign, sign him before Fightful does, right? You got to get him, exactly. get him early. Uh, I'm going to make Kaz do a Big Caboose show every week where you're just like just exchanging <laughs> you're going to he's going to talk, you know, his favorite stories about being a wrestler. It's going to be three shows long and it's going to be the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I really uh, want I really want video of those shows they were running in the country and western bar in front of 60 people. Oh, I know. I was, that was, I was great. like does the WWE have that in their archives? Release the release the 60 people country and western show uh tapes WWE. I mean, I really want to see the Omni shows, but I really also want to see, you know, the main evented by Pez Watley, Michael Hayes in 1993 in front of 50 people at a country western bar. Um I I want to give a shout out to our guy Chris here. I was at the return show oh yeah uh, tell us about it i was i was happy i was happy to be in in san francisco already for uh, for work coincidentally so i got to got to go to that show and, and it was just a really cool show and he seemed you know he did kind of a thing at the end where he took his boots off and it looked like he, he pulled the mark henry salmon suit where it looked like he was going to have this one match back great match back and then retire but then he kind of put his boots back on and announced a tag match with uh uh, him and Kenna against Kevin Blackwood and Titus Alexander in a couple of weeks. But he looked great, and he looked like he had, you know, wrestle. He was 
reinvigorated by pro wrestling, right? You know, for a mm-hmm. guy who's had some, I mean, you talked to him and talked about this, had some, you know, bad beats over the course of his career, but he looked like a guy who kind of working with those, the, that promotion in, in San Francisco and LA seems like it's really juiced him back up, man. He looked great. He looked, the batch was really good. And Thatcher is, Thatcher is a, is a killer. And they had a bunch of fun stuff on the undercard. They had a great, um, this match with the South Pacific savages against Los Suavecitos and just your battle of LA Mexicans against San Francisco Samoans is such a great culture clash battle for a guy who grew up in California. And that match just ruled. The South Pacific Savages are two Fatus and Juicy Fanau. And those are <laughs> just wrecking these like uh, Los Suavecitos are kind of like high flying uh, guys who are doing kind of LA, LA Mexican, an LA Mexican gimmick in San Francisco. So tons of heat, tons of, uh, FLA chance and it was good. It was great. Great show. I think it's on YouTube. Folks should check it out. If not, I think it's on IWTV, but it's well worth watching the whole thing. And then that main event heroes back and he looks like hero. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for doing this, man. You want to get some plugs in on the way out? Uh, I think I've got something, uh, coming up at the ringer probably next month, a sort of a history of world-class championship wrestling. Oh, you do. Which is going to tie into, uh, the Iron Claw. I've got the original Way of the Blade is available for sale on Amazon. A Way of the Blade should be out, you know, close to the beginning of the new year. I'm working on one of the dumber things I've ever pitched to anybody for GQ, where I will be reviewing the work rate of every actor in a professional wrestling film. Like how does Sylvester Stallone's arm drags look compared to uh, Florence Pugh's dropkick. So that should be also be out on GQ, hopefully uh, around the same time as the iron claw being put out. So I got some stuff I got, I'm putting out a, a weekly, the weekly column on Patreon, like we were doing back in the ringer, still available for folks to read. Follow me on Twitter. All right, Kaz, want to get your plugs in? Yeah, man. Uh, new episode of Say Less with Kaz, Loki, and Rosie will be out today with special guest Ninth Wonder. Check that out. We did that at North Carolina Central uh, in partnership with Nike. So really proud of that. I hope you guys check that out. Um, this uh, this week, I'll be a guest on The Bump. I'm going to go tomorrow and tape that and uh, give a preview for Survivor Series. I'll also be on Ultimate Survivor Series that will air right before the pre-show this weekend on Peacock. And, uh, yeah, every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, you can catch me on Count It, part of Fanatic Sportsbook on the Fanatics app, and uh, talking to hoops and doing the whole one-two thing, man. So uh, check it all out. You can find me here. You can find me on the Press Box. Be sure to listen to all of the great shows on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed, The Masked Man Show with Kaz, Cheap Pete, and, of course, Wednesday Worldwide. Um, thank you guys so much oh for listening. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm sorry. Buy Wally Mania tickets. They're on sale right now. <laughs> Buy Wally Mania tickets. They're going very, very fast. Do it. Uh, we have sold that. I, I think we I think we hit about, like, over 500 tickets sold already. And uh, it's it's a big venue. So uh, get them. It's the hottest ticket at WrestleMania weekend that Thursday. We already got some incredible things planned for that night and uh yeah there's no other way you want to kick off your wrestlemania weekend especially uh east coast wrestlemania philly so um it's gonna be a really really good one so please find my profile pictures find my bio links get the tickets on ag.com type in wally mania pops right up thank you guys so much for listening thank you uh to phil schneider for doing the show with us this week um have a happy thanksgiving if we don't see you before then uh, oh, yeah, but a very special thanks to Troy Farkas for producing this episode. Of course, thanks to Ben Cruz for being the 
big boss man. Um, if we don't see you again later this week, we'll be back on Monday with our full Survivor Series recap. Um, I can't wait to talk about CNC and Punk back in WWE. So until then, apologies as always to John Moxley. We'll see you back here whenever we see you, humanoids. Peace.